live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. This is the broadcast for December the third in the year of our Lord two thousand and nineteen. This is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Patrick Simmons, our guest, joins us monthly, does a phenomenal job. He's with National Right to Work Legal Defense foundation right to work.org is the easiest way i can remember their website and keep up on what's going on that's right to work.org check it out patrick hope you had a delightful thanksgiving sir thank you you too sam glad to be with you hey i'm sick of the impeachment discussions i'm just sick of it i agree it's uh it it seems to go on forever and uh you know i don't really seem i don't think we're, we're learning much but uh but everyone's likes to uh I don't know. It's it's sort of the the reality show for for people who are into politics. It seems like, and it seems to me that you know Donald's just going look. There was no quid pro quo. There was nothing here. Move along. The Democrats are saying, oh, there's everything here. We hold these hearings. The Democrats come out and say, oh, the hearings were just absolutely damning, damaging. Just whoa. And the Republicans are going nothing there. I mean, they didn't even. They didn't even connect. I mean, it reminds me of somebody describing a boxing match. Oh, my gosh. He never even connected, you know. Uh, and it, we just go on and on. And at the end of the day, I don't see anything getting done good for the country. And what I want to do is just stop all this stuff and go, hey, how do we advance right to work? How do we defend people's rights to make a living and to do well? And how do we celebrate the ever-increasing job opportunities that are available? And how do we, how do we advance the interest of the country, for crying out loud, sir? Well, if I knew exactly how to do that, uh, we, we'd be doing it already. Um, but, I think you guys uh, yeah. are doing a lot of it right now, though. Well, it, it, yeah, and, um, you know, I, I guess all, all you can really really do is, uh, you know, let your elected officials know. I mean, people are not, you know, they don't, they don't want the, the talking points, the back and forth, and, you know, um, they, they want, you know, one thing that we know is very popular with the American people is right to work. It's the idea that unions should be voluntary, they shouldn't be coerced. Uh, that people can join unions if they want to, but they shouldn't be uh, forced to do so, and they shouldn't be fired if they don't pay money to a union, which is what happens in states without right-to-work laws. Um, and so that's uh, what the National Right-to-Work Act seeks to address. Um, you know, Congress, uh, especially the House, is is nowhere near passing it right now, um, and, uh, you know, they're off doing all sorts of other things. But Building support for that is very important, uh, and uh, we've, you know, I think the National Right to Work Act just recently, in the last month, passed 100 co-sponsors uh, in Congress, and so there is growing support for that, um, and, uh, you know, people contacting their elected officials and letting them know they're for freedom uh, in the workplace and not for coercion, uh, that's uh, that's important, and, and uh, you know, in the, in the long run, um you know, there's a saying: politicians they they what is it? See, feel the heat and see the light, or, or you know. Um, so if they hear from enough people, they'll they'll either uh, you know do the right thing, or um, people get frustrated and, and they find someone else to. Yeah, they'll be forced to step aside so somebody else can get the job done. Let me yeah. tell you the headline that I saw on your website that just gave me courage and made me smile. 
it just made me go, you know what? There are good people doing good things. You got to hunt for the news about it. That's for sure. But there are good people doing phenomenal things. And it's just exciting to see. And it's exciting to be part of it. And it's exciting uh, to be hopefully an advocate to help bring that news to the populations and let people know. And it's just exciting. But here's what the headline says. Foundation, meaning the Right to Work Foundation, right? Foundation, winning protections against forced unionism at the Trump NLRB. Now, that is a tremendous headline. Yeah, well, we, you know, um, at any given time, foundation attorneys have uh, around 200 cases going, and probably half of those are at the National Labor Relations Board, um, which is what uh, federal law, it's the agency that federal law creates um, to administer labor law. And, you know, uh, eventually you can appeal to federal courts, but, but you got to go through that system first. Um, and uh, Trump has appointed three members of the five-member board, and we're starting to see some uh, really excellent decisions um, and actions by the NLRB uh, in undoing a lot of the very biased pro union boss um, decisions of the Obama NLRB, um, and actually going further in some instances. Uh, and, and these are uh, cases brought by workers against unions. So in a lot of, and the, the, the article you're talking about, um, there's a couple different aspects to it. One is the idea of workers being able to vote out a union. Uh, the National Labor Relations Act says workers have the right to a what's called a decertification election. So if 30% of the workers get a petition together saying, you know, this union's in our workplace, but we don't want it here, um, is supposed to be able to turn that into the National Labor Relations Board, who then schedules an election, a secret ballot election, to see if a majority wants the union or doesn't. And if a majority want to get rid of the union, they're supposed to get out. But over the years, uh, the National Labor Relations Board, especially the Obama Board, but previous ones as well, have created all these hurdles uh, and barriers and board doctrines that uh, trap workers in unions, uh, even when a majority opposes the union. So they'll say, well, uh, you know, the there was just a – the union got card checked in, so they have a card check. So instead of a secret ballot vote, the union collects cards, and they pressure the company, and the company says, all right, we'll take the cards, and we'll, we'll, we'll unionize that way. Uh, the workers say, wait a second, we wanted a vote, you know, so we're going to ask for a vote. And they've been told, no, you have to wait for a year. Uh, you can't vote now, even though there's nothing in the National Labor Relations Act um, as passed by Congress that suggests there should be these uh, what they call bars to uh, holding an election. Um, and there's a whole litany of these types of uh, policies in place. The election bar, um, the contract bar, which says during a union contract, you're blocked from voting for up to three years. A settlement bar, which says if uh, the union files charges against the company and it settles, even if the company, there's no admission of, of any wrongdoing, um, that can be used to block workers' right to vote out the union. The point here that you need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is we battle the government as much, if not more so, than even the unions themselves because of how in bed big labor and government really is. So the headline says, Foundation Winning Protection Against Forced Unionism at Trump NLRB. That's a phenomenal headline. But here's the rest of the story. Series of Victories adds protections against illegal forced dues for people trapped in union ranks. So you're gaining ground incrementally 
and getting a series of wins. Thank heavens Donald and the uh, Donald NLRB compared to the Barack NLRB helping some. We're gaining some ground, but it's government that seems to be the biggest stumbling block, right? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I think, you know, uh, we often talked about, you know, what uh, union officials are doing and and how they mistreat uh, workers who don't want to be part of the union but are forced under uh, union monopoly representation and then often forced to pay dues. But these are all special powers that have been granted to unions by government. Uh, and so that is the the real source of the problem. Um, of course, you know it's it's wrong when union officials wield that government power uh, and uh, use it to to violate workers' rights. But really, uh, so much of this originates in federal law, um, in some instances in state law. But it's all it's all government granted. Uh, and you know, take away the the government uh, power that's been handed to them, and it would be uh, almost impossible for for them to violate workers. Uh, who you know writes uh, in the the way that they do currently? It it just couldn't happen because this is all comes from federal law, and then on top of it, uh, you know, agencies creating rules uh, on top of rules um, that are not even in the law, but they they use the power granted them by Congress, and then the lack of oversight by Congress to then go beyond that um, even further. So they become judge, so, jury, executioner, and they're becoming, quote, regulatory happy uh, against what the law even says oftentimes. But here's the best news of all. Federal board adopts foundation advocated reform to union decertification rules. Now, this is serious, serious work on your part and steps in the right direction. I don't want to celebrate too fast and let them score on the other end of the court necessarily, but I do want to give credit where credit's due. There's a lot of hard work that goes into this, Patrick. Yeah, this is uh, this kind of shows the long-term, you know, progress that the National Right to Work Foundation is making. So this this deals with the other agency um, of the, the other federal agency that, that administers labor law. So the, the National Labor Relations Board, which does the National Labor Relations Act, but railway and um, airline workers are under a separate uh, federal law. Um, and that's administered by an agency called the National Mediation Board. And you got to ask why a whole different set of rules, but that's a whole different topic. The point yeah. is government's everywhere, and they're giving unions special privileges at the trough, and it's causing nothing but problems. But we are incrementally gaining ground and exposing this and making changes that are positive. Yeah, no question. And so what, what happened here was the uh, for years there was no way that workers in the airline and railway industry could even get a vote to decertify a union. They couldn't get rid of a union once it was in. It was, it was you know, the classic, uh, you know, roach motel. You can check in any time, but you can never leave. Um, and so in uh, the 80s, we had won a case that they created a process where basically the workers could create a fake union to challenge the current union and use that as a way to get out. Uh, but that was always, you know, an uh, uh, unduly uh, complicated procedure. Now, you know, it was better than nothing, but that's um, that's where the law was for a long time. And, and we, we've now gone away where they can directly remove a union that the majority of the workers oppose. We just need to increase our ranks. We need to add money, righttowork.org, and we need to all get involved. We're gaining ground, folks, big time, but we need your help desperately. More good news in seconds from Patrick on your radio.
Mom, you don't know anything about me anymore. <sighs> Honey, I know you're good at math. You don't like English. I know Ryan smiled at you yesterday at school. I know your favorite color is purple. And I know you don't like mushrooms. And who can blame you? I mean, mushrooms are a fungus, and people generally try to avoid funguses. Or is it fungi? I'm never quite sure. But, you know, either way, I mean, penicillin is good. Penicillin is a mold. Huh. Well, I guess you're right. So you like penicillin, but not mushrooms. <laughs> no matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. Mom, mm. if we talk, will you be quiet? Love to. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. I have a question. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life born and not yet born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. Talking to Patrick Simmons, National Right to Work Foundation, righttowork.org. Do you live in a right-to-work state is what I would ask. They're making a serious progress. Two main government agencies that control labor law in America today. But Donald Trump um, and his administration literally allowing some gains on both. Now, it isn't Donald's doing necessarily. It is right-to-work foundations doing. But you know what? Donald Trump uh, is opposing a lot less of the free market than Brock did, for starters. Right, Patrick? Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, um, I mean, these are these are agencies, they, they regulate, but uh, when you look at the, the focus, um, we're starting to see, and this is, you know, of course, what we advocate, uh, a the, the recognition that what's supposed to be most important are the workers and not um, empowering union bosses over those workers. And, and I think during the Obama years, what you saw is, is they deferred to union officials um, to the detriment of the rights of individual employees. And uh, the NLRB now, uh, with the, the Trump-appointed majority there, um, we're, we're, swinging, we're swinging that back in the right direction, reorienting it towards workers uh, and the recognition that a lot of these workers don't want to be in a union. They're trapped under the union by federal law, um, but we should make it easier for them to get out, not harder, uh, to escape union ranks. Yes, and that brings up the question, and you have this on your website. How can I resign my union membership? I think that's something that people can receive guidance on for free, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's one of the, the first things a lot of people do when they come to our website. Uh, if they're a worker looking for information, is what can I do? Uh, if, you're, 
in a right-to-work state, you can um, resign union membership and cut off all dues. But even people in a state where the union can require um, workers to pay some fees uh, can resign from the, the union membership um, and end their formal affiliation with the union. That gives them extra protections, including they can then um, pay a lesser amount that doesn't, at least in theory, include uh, union political spending and, and lobbying that the union does. Um, and there's additional ways that we can help uh, try and enforce that for workers. Um, they can also then escape um, some of the internal union discipline that takes place. Um, so, you know, for example, there's if there's a strike, uh, the union officials will call a strike and they'll say, okay, no one go to work. But, of course, workers do have the right uh, to continue working. Uh, they don't have to uh, follow the union officials' uh, strike demands. Uh, but if they cross the picket line while still a union member, uh, they can pull them in front of a sort of internal union kangaroo court and find them. And we'll see them trying to find workers tens of thousands of dollars for for simply continuing to work to support their family, that sort of thing. Uh, but by not being a formal union member, uh, they can protect themselves from that type of thing. So uh, it 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 does offer protections um, in right to work states, full um, you know protection from being forced to pay any money. But in a non right to work state, there's there's still uh, that's still an option that workers have, um, and it uh, it's an important one because it it does help protect their rights. Um, and under the Supreme Court's uh, 1988 Beck versus Communication Workers of America decision, uh, which was a case uh, brought by the National Right to Work Foundation, the Supreme Court affirmed the right of workers to not pay for any of that political money and create the system where the union has to tell them what what amount um, is spent on politics and lobbying um, and then let workers challenge that, let them opt out of it. Um, and so there are protections uh, in place for, for workers no matter where they are um, and they can always come to the National Right to Work uh, website for information about those rights and ultimately to request free legal aid uh, because we assist thousands of workers a year. Uh, like I said, any given year we're going to have uh, 200 to 250 cases um, all brought uh, for workers, always for workers, um, against unions, uh, occasionally against companies um, that are that are working with unions to, to violate workers' individual rights. Uh, but uh, but those are the types of cases that our legal staff takes, and um, workers need to know they have that resource there uh, because you know in many cases the the amount of dues at issue may be a hundred dollars a year or a thousand dollars a year, and it probably would be impractical uh, to hire a, an attorney and, and pay them to do that kind of work. Um, but they can come to the National Right to Work Foundation and get that legal assistance for free, um, and we do it because we know. If no one's there enforcing these rights, uh, unions will just violate them everywhere, uh, and the rights will, will essentially be, you know, they'll be words on a page, but but meaningless uh, in terms of uh, reality. So. They'll be virtually obliterated. And one thing to remember as yeah. well, folks, is when uh, right to work takes on your individual case, <clears throat> that you may not be able to, uh, uh, it may not. Based on economics of scale, you may not be able to file it yourself. It may make no sense. What right to work can do, though, is they can bring it to scale and they can bring these cases forward in ways that can benefit more than just you. If you're a worker being violated or whatever else, they can then apply this on the national stage on the national scale to bless people coming out of those decisions, not just for you, but for others as well. Hey, by the way, Patrick, did you know today is Giving Tuesday? Uh, I did, yes. Do you know about this, Kurt? Do you know about Giving Tuesday? 
I guess it's where you uh, try to give to a charitable organization you feel strongly about. Yeah, that's exactly right, and I think it's a pretty good thing to do. Um, So today is Giving Tuesday. Please donate to the sacred cause of your choice is the headline that I wrote for it. And if it's, uh, you know, Liberty Roundtable, so be it, libertyroundtable.com. But if it's right to work, dot org, we really encourage that as well. You know, we're doing our best on the roundtable to bring like-minded organizations together, to focus on the things that matter most, to give you courage about good news that's happening that you don't hear about anywhere else, to let you know where we are in the battle and let you know what you can do to participate in the, those sacred battles that we find ourselves in and ways that you can be involved in solutions and ways that you can celebrate with us and cry with us when things don't go so well, but work hard with us, uh, which is our duty, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. So on this Giving Tuesday, give to righttowork.org. They could use the money. And I'm telling you, they're one of the groups that are gaining ground. We, we don't just partner with everybody at Liberty Roundtable. We, we bring people to the table that we believe are doing just a, a stellar job in the sacred cause to which we're engaged. And, and right to work is one of them. If you don't have your right to work, I mean, that's almost one of the things as close to your conscience as you can get. Uh, the ability to support oneself and to support one's family, the ability to gain by the sweat of thy brow, and that's a God-given, unalienable right. To you know what? I can work hard and I can benefit from the fruits of my labor. And barring your conscience, I mean that work is right at the top of the list, Patrick. Yeah, this, I mean it's 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 very simple. And you talk about um, you know uh, obviously Giving Tuesday. Uh, people can the time. I think you know they, they sort of. Following uh, Black Friday and all this, for people to look at at the charitable causes um, that they can support, uh, and the National Right to Work Foundation is a charity. The people we assist directly are the workers um, who come for free legal aid. But like you said, uh, the the cases that they win create precedents that help uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of other workers who then have their freedom of choice expanded. And it's um, it's a pretty basic freedom, the idea that you should get to decide which organizations to associate with, which organizations to financially support. Um, and uh, our view is if, if workers want to voluntarily associate with a union um, and give their money to the union, they should be free to do that, um, just like they're free to give money to the National Right to Work Foundation or other causes they believe in, but they shouldn't be forced to do so. Um, these are private organizations, and uh, private individuals should get to decide uh, which private organizations to support. Uh, the government um, should not be in the business of forcing people uh, to support groups uh, against their will. And a forced unionism in bed with government has had a full court press on Americans for literally generations. And uh, righttowork.org is disrupting that full court press. Uh, they are making the um, forced folks scramble. They're exposing the tyrannical abuse that goes on. And we're just simply saying, do you live in a right-to-work state? Do you believe that you should have the right to work? Is your right to work a God-given, unalienable right given to you by God to, by the sweat of your brow, benefit from the fruits of your labor? And should government or any other organization be able to manipulate that against you in ways that are against your moral code, against your moral compass, against what you believe in? And, okay. There needs to be an alignment. There's nothing wrong with unions if people can freely join and leave, and there's transparency in what they're advocating for with your support. That's all fine and well. But when does that desire to get a fair shake with your employer turn bad? And when force 
enters the picture. That's when I say they've crossed the line. Any final word before we let you fly, Patrick? Uh, I think that was well said. Yeah, that, uh, like you know, uh, like you said, it's, it, it is Giving Tuesday, um, and a uh, good time for people to look at all the organizations that they want to support. And of course, uh, National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation has been uh, has been doing this for many years. Um, but we do rely on the voluntary support of uh, Americans who care about this cause. So, and let's be clear: the unions get their money by force. Right to Work gets their money by your choice, ladies and gentlemen. Please make a sacred choice and help out today. RightToWork.org. Thank you, sir. Godspeed. Thank you, Sam. Patrick Simmons, everybody. I'm telling you, these people don't get near the credit they deserve. They're working hard for you, folks. And I'm telling you, their efforts are resulting in good news. You just don't hear about it unless, of course, you're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. President Trump in London for this week's NATO summit. While impeachment proceedings are advancing back home in Washington, the House Intelligence Committee is releasing today a report on testimony and evidence it's gathered over the past month. President Trump representing the U.S. as he and European leaders are celebrating the 70th anniversary of NATO, but reporters in London this morning wanted to talk about the impeachment inquiry. We have tremendous support. Uh, I just had a 95% approval rating. It's the highest in the history of the Republican Party. Ronald Reagan was 87. He's second. Wall Street lower after the president told reporters he has no deadline for a trade deal with China. Former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg now in fifth place in a new poll after just entering the Democratic race for the White House. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Welcome to Tax Talk with Hollywood legend Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. You gotta love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee and they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-832-1594. 800-832-1594. Ninety-five-year-old former President Jimmy Carter hospitalized again in Georgia. Here's USA Radio's Robin Walensky. He's being treated for a urinary tract infection. The Carter Center saying he's feeling better. Carter was home for Thanksgiving after being released from Emory University Hospital in Atlanta, where he spent two weeks. Doctors there performing a procedure to reduce pressure on his brain after a few recent falls. Carter is the oldest living U.S. president. Cyber Monday sales reaching $9.2 billion, according to the initial estimates from Adobe Marketing and Consumer Insights. It's a record and a 17% year-to-year increase. 
After maintaining innocence for the past couple of years, Republican California Congressman Duncan Hunter is expected to plead guilty to federal campaign finance charges today, accused of using 250 grand for his personal expenses. This is USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, it is Give Tuesday, baby. I'm asking you to give, give, give to LibertyRoundTable.com. If you believe what we're doing is sacred work, every penny that you give us, ladies and gentlemen, will be used to promote our presence in the media. It is very, very expensive to be in the media, ladies and gentlemen. So please donate, LibertyRoundTable.com. All right, new Roy Morad, Kurt. Well, yeah, Sam, it looks like uh, <laughs> he's stirring it up more, and, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, a heck of a deal down there in Alabama, I think. But uh, uh, right now, uh, the headline for the new more Roy Moore ad says, Alabama voters won't be fooled again. And it's what we pray for. Um, and, uh, you know, they say that... Um, in the article, they talk about some of the different things that happened. Most of us are aware of them. Uh, but uh, they also, there's one of the uh, guys running for that uh, Senate seat, John Merrill, the Alabama Secretary of State. He announced his suspension. He says he's getting out because Jeff Sessions got in. Uh, but the uh, text of the new ad from Roy Moore says this. Um, the same Washington insiders, this is him saying these words, the same Washington insiders who don't like President Trump are trying to stop our campaign. They just don't like conservatives like us. They call us warmongers for wanting to rebuild the military, racists for securing our borders, bigots for recognizing the sanctity of marriage, and they call us foolish for believing in God. Amen. Couldn't have said it better myself. Wow. That's the guy I'd vote for, Kurt. Amen. The sad uh, part is Rand Paul and Mike Lee and everybody else are backing other candidates in that you know, race. Yeah, those two chose to back. I was hoping the one they chose to back was this guy pulling out, but he's a different one. Uh, and so there's still a number of them in there. Um, the uh, one guy uh, says basically that uh, at least uh, his... His suggestion is for Roy Moore to get out. Uh, he, I, I disagree. I think that the other guys ought to get out and let the, uh, well, the guy who, you know, the bad guys, you know, when you see the evil dudes going after Judge Roy Moore, you know the old phrase they used to use when you're uh, over the target, when you're, when you're catching flack, you're right on target. So in other words, when the LGBT crowd and the Washington Post and the New York Times and so many others oppose him, that tells you where yes, it does. Really and they would say, well, Roy support. can't win. And my response is, I don't believe that's true. Now, vote fraud prevented Roy last time. You got to stand against the vote fraud. You got to stand against the fake news that has been leveled uh, uh, against Roy Moore without any accusers. Roy's suing in the court saying, where are my accusers? There are none. Donald, if anybody should understand that, it should be you, my brother. 
Amen. Okay, I know you're the president and I should be respectful, but President Donald J. Trump, if there's anybody that should understand that with the false allegations of Russia that went on for three years that we know there was no pay dirt after, what, $32 million? Now these allegations going on about impeachment and the quid pro quo while we ignore Joe Biden, while we ignore Hillary Clinton and their shenanigans and, and conflict of interests, and we're going to just go after Donald Trump with this fake TV in the court of public opinions hearings. And if anybody should know about the false allegations, Donald, it should be you. And no offense, but you know what? Roy Moore has taken on in the courts these uh, accusers way more than you have, Donald. You say you're not guilty, but you haven't taken on the accusers in the place where we should receive a redress of grievance as Roy Moore has. He's done more to stand up on the moral side of things where truth and transparency should prevail than anybody I know. Okay, he hasn't just argued in the court of public opinion and, 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 and battled people. He's literally said, look, you guys make these false allegations against me. Let's take it to court. That's the venue for a redress of grievance. And let's, okay, there's been no more, in my opinion, effort to do what's right and to do, follow the protocols or the rule of law or whatever words you want to use in America than Roy Moore. Nobody. And so uh, I hope Alabama voters are not fooled again. And I hope that um, he'll win. And I pray, you know, these many people, many candidates in the fight might be difficult for Roy. It also might mean that Roy will win. And uh, I'm disappointed in Donald Trump. I'm disappointed in Rand Paul and Mike Lee and many of the others who aren't backing the clearly qualified candidate. The candidate that certainly uh, should be above the fake news uh, and certainly should be protected from and defended against false allegations. You say, well, Sam, I don't know if the allegations are false. Then back going to court to find out, would you please? Okay, this is my point. Roy is going to the right venue to get those answers. And if he's guilty, let's find out in the courts. And if he's not guilty, then it needs to stop. And this is my point. I don't like the battle of the court of public opinion that Donald's been on the train for for three years, getting abused and spending millions and millions and millions of dollars. Look, go to court, create transparency, force people under oath, and let's find out. But anyway, our prayers are with Roy Moore. In his new ad, Alabama voters won't be fooled again. I pray that's true. And I pray for his success and his win. And I pray that he gets a redress of grievance in the courts exactly where those issues belong, Kurt. Any final word on that one? He's going to have them going after him big time, Sam. Just, um, you know, I mean, they did it before and they're going to do it again. And they're going, you know, we just got to count on it. Uh, they're going to go after anybody who promotes God, who stands up for the Ten Commandments, who uh, stands up for man, woman, marriage. They're just going to do it, Sam. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I mean, one of the recent quotes he gave, uh, you know, at some event he was in, he was talking about how things were. Uh, I guess he was at a Republican men's breakfast club um, saying how things were better during the Vietnam era. He says, back then we had an immigration policy, but we didn't have people flooding our borders. We didn't have gangs bringing drugs in. We didn't have any of this. We have to go back to what we did back in the 60s and 70s, back to a moral basis, he continued. Abortion was not legal when I went to Vietnam. We had abortion laws in our country and our state. We did not have same-sex marriage. We did not have transgender rights. Sodomy was illegal. Abortion was illegal. Anyway, just 
Goes spot on. on. And I, I'm is... not disappointed. What I mean is I'm not shocked or about the other side who's going to attack Roy because he stands for God, family, and country like we do, Kurt. I understand they're going to do what they're going to do. You're right. My disappointment is in the Donald J. Trumps, in the Rand Pauls, in the Mike Lees and others who should know better. Who should know better? Well, it just gets so hot for them. Um, well, buck they, up or get out. They fall for the fake news thing, and they fall for the deal that says, "Hey, if I don't, you know, align myself right with him, maybe some of that flack won't get all over me." But I'm telling you, they they fall for that same old thing. Remember, we heard it a long time ago where it said. Uh, when you get in the middle of the road, you get hit by traffic going both directions. You know, it's a dangerous place. Yeah. Now, one last thing on Roy Moore headline that you sent me, Kurt. Well, he's going to go, you know, I mean, the LGBTQ crowd is going to be ticked off with him, Sam. And it's just, um, I mean, <laughs> it's just going to happen. Um, yeah, give us the headline so we know what you're talking about here. Well, it says Roy Moore's Senate bid includes promises to rescind rights for the LGBTQ community. Uh, Chris Walker's the author, and uh, this is going to make them just crazy. Uh, they're reporting this in something called out.com. But I commend uh, him, and he's know. right, Kurt, because look, well, you don't have right. rights based on sexual preferences. Right. Okay, rights are God-given. Rights are government-acknowledged and protected. But they're, they're God-given. And, and, and male and female, he created us. And there's just some fundamental scientific realities that you cannot dispute if you're honest with yourself. So I commend That's Roy right. Moore for that. And I, I again, uh, defend his stance here, Kurt. Yeah, That doesn't mean down, we want to persecute. That doesn't mean we want to persecute any of these people. But we don't want them to have special privilege at the trough either. Well, in, in, in the speech where they bring this up in this story, they say he criticized a drag queen story hour. We've talked about some of these that happened at a library in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, he says people in drag taught kids and they dressed them up in drag. Um, and, uh, you know, and then this uh, one publication reported that these those library events happened, but children weren't forced to attend. And there's no record that drag queens forced anyone to dress up. Well, force, Sam, I mean, you know, it's it's just this whole they forced uh, me to pay you... for the drag queen to appear That's by providing right. the free building that I pay for as a taxpayer. Don't tell me there's no force involved. You're lying again. This is where I can't stand the, the fake news going on. We let it fly. Every day, folks. All right, a high school junior's taking on Acacio Cortez. <laughs> Kurt's got details in seconds. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. 
This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com. Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. a high school junior. What's the guy's name? C.J. Pearson? That's right, Sam. And uh, he's, like you say, uh, taking on uh, Ocasio-Cortez, or as one guy calls her, all-out crazy, um, AOC. um, And, uh, you know, I guess you could say it just gives me some hope. Uh, Sam, I mean, the guy uh, basically he's, he's saying that um, you know America is not um, you know a place for all these freebies and stuff, and, uh, and the people that are really in charge here are the people, not you know people like uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. So you know he called her out. I thought that's pretty good. Yes, it's very good, but no one's talking about it, Kurt. Well, that's a great point. Except for us. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's a good story, you know. At least, uh, like you say, uh, it'll be hard to find it on, uh, you know, I I doubt the Rush Limbaugh will want to talk about it or uh, Sean Hannity or others, but uh, you can hear the story right here. Yeah. Dale Jackson's in the news, speaking of people standing up, Kurt. Dale Jackson. I'm trying to remember Dale. Um, you sent it to me literally 30 seconds ago. The headline oh, okay. says so this, this, ladies and gentlemen. Normal. Dale Jackson yeah, is okay, the good. author. The headline? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this guy is basically saying, hey, they want. Uh, he wants Judge Roy Moore and others to get out of the race. Uh, and leave guys in that he says uh, three have a legitimate shot in the uh, in the election there in Alabama. He says it's Sessions Tuberville, who's the former coach, and a guy named Byrne. He calls Roy Moore damaged goods. Um, he says the state of Alabama is over him. I disagree. Um, 
And uh, he is, no, if we believe just, that lie, though. This guy's a talk show host down there from 7 to 11 in the morning on something called WVNN. Yeah, so uh, Dale Jackson basically says, hey, time for yeah. other Senate candidates to follow John Merrill's lead. Now, yeah. that's really relating to Roy Moore in the state of Alabama discussion, right? Right. But I would right. say that to the Democratic Party uh, as a whole. You got 17-plus candidates or whatever still in the mix. Why don't you just follow the lead there and have a bunch of those folks go away? They don't tell them that like they used to tell Roy Moore. I know, but I want like to extract that. the point that he's making and broaden it. And, hey, you know what? Yeah. It's a good point. Good point. Dale, yeah. um, the non-viable candidates should go away. Good point. The only debate now left is who's viable, see? Yeah. And you would say that Roy Moore's not viable. I would say that he's the most viable of them all. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's had been elected multiple times. Don't say he's not electable. He's been elected multiple times, even when the government kicks him out. Right. Rogue agents in government him. kick him out. The people come back and say, no, we love Roy Moore. We want him back. And they put him back multiple times. So don't tell me it can't happen again. If you do, you're dishonest. Okay? Great point. So I wanted to kind of uh, highlight that headline you gave, Kurt, a little bit, or the point that Dale's making. And again, I don't agree with Dale on, on his point, but I agree with the general premise. That, hey, let's have all those other Senate candidates and presidential candidates and everybody else that aren't viable. Just get out now. Bloomberg, you're done, buddy. There's no way you're going to get elected. Bloomberg doesn't have a chance on this green earth to get elected. Right? Anyway, let's go to Duke basketball. Larry Clayman speaks out pretty boldly. Well, I, I didn't know this, but apparently Larry is a, uh, well, uh, that's his Duke alma is his mater. Alma mater yeah. um, and, um, you know, in this case, he, uh, he slams his alma mater as the Berkeley of the South. Um, and, uh, you know, bottom line is uh, they recently got beat uh, by a, Oh, I can't remember, you know, but uh, a, a basketball team that just won against him. But he points out in his article that, uh, hey, um, Duke has come a long way, just like most institutions have. And now they basically uh, have uh, guys that are, you know, I mean, they're on uh, quote scholarship but really all they're there is just as a springboard to the nba and good point and, uh, larry clayman is just saying hey it's just it's just a mess and it's yeah the headlines a huge cost Kurt. yeah well it says duke basketball and the nation's decline um larry clayman slams his alma mater as the berkeley of the south now he's right and, though the educational institutions of today kurt are creating a significant part of the nation's decline well, and he points out that, you know, the uh, to go there, it's like 60 grand a year with your room and board. And, you know, uh, I mean, he, he references, a, I guess you could say, a, a different time when he was there. And, uh, you know, he, I think that's happening in so many ways. This is a WorldNet Daily piece, and that's where it came from. But, you know, he points out that... Uh, Hey, in 2019, with skyrocketing costs for private universities, the cost of tuition alone was re, uh, this is tuition alone, not books, et cetera, is 55,000 plus, Sam. Um, in 2020, they say it's, or he says it's going to be about 60 grand a year. And that's without room and board. He says, uh, 
you know, for somebody to go for a year, it's going to cost about a hundred grand, you know, um, and it's just uh, crazy. And he talks about so when a student athlete, you know, has the privilege of obtaining a full scholarship at Duke and equivalent schools, um, he or she is not only getting the benefit of great higher education, one that will serve them well if they even if they decide after graduation to turn pro, as it is true to the basketball team in great numbers, but he or she is also receiving compensation close to half a million dollars in tuition, room, and board. He's, He's right that about that. It's said, out of control. But the education system, the point being made is that, hey, you know what? It's contributing to the nation's decline. And he highlights Duke basketball to kind of make the point about athletes. And, you know, then, hey, you got people paying for athletes to get into schools with, you know, shenanigans. And it's everywhere. But let's go to CNN's Anne Navarro. Yep, it's very Anna good, Navarro, Sam. Uh, Anna Anna. Navarro, um, they call her, uh, the headline from Todd Starn says, One Sad Sick Woman. Um, and he drubs her uh, over her reaction to polls that showed black support for President Trump. I think it's um, phenomenal. And, um, you know, that's what you're seeing now, Sam. you got some polls showing that 34% of the uh, black vote is... Um, ready to support the president when uh, in the last election, the way I remember it, uh, well, Obama got like 92% of the black vote. And then I know, but it Hillary was because of all the fake news that Barack was black. That was a lie. He's yeah, only half black. That he was the, you know, hey, it's the first time a black man will ever be president. He's not a black man. He's a white man as much as he is a black man, okay? Right. And, and then you had Hillary that got 88% of it. Um, you yeah. know, and, and so that now they're saying that with what, uh, the president has done with all the jobs and all these other things, uh, you know, with the criminal, uh, the justice, uh, changes and things like that, that he's got about 30 something percent of the vote. He does. Uh, and it's going to, as people. people realize that the slave mentality is gone and that the Republic, the, the democratic party is basically the slave plantation of the modern era. Uh, and as you know, Kanye West and others highlight that reality check. More and more people are starting to get it, and they're going to vote for Donald Trump because they've been, hey, free to move about the cabin, so to speak. And that's good news. But Anna's melting down, huh? Well, yeah, because she's, I mean, she sees the problem, Sam. And like, uh, I see the solution when, right around the corner. Yeah, good point. Yeah. All right. Congressman in the news. Who, who is this? Or Kurt, who is this guy? Well, um, this is just one congressman, but he basically, uh, World Net Daily's got the piece. He just says, hey, um, this, he says Washington should be inconsequential. And, and he's right on target uh, compared to uh, at least what the founding fathers wanted. It seems like everything's focused on the, uh, you know, the capital, and yet it shouldn't be that way. And he's right. Now, the whole headline, I think, is valuable, Kurt. Very good. Um, so he's, it, the headline reads, uh, Stunner, Congressman wants to make Washington inconsequential? Hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, um, I, well, I would call him, uh, I, I'd call this good news. This is a freshman from Texas. His name is Chip Roy, Thanks, uh, right? It's rain. And uh, he says he came to the nation's capital to, to capital to make it as inconsequential in our lives as possible. And uh, that's now the rest of the headline. I believe is the real story, Kurt. 
Well, yeah, he says the greatness of this country lies outside of the nation's capital. Amen to that fact, Kurt. Yeah. And in my yeah. opinion, you know, I, I, the whole headline is great, but I think that that really tells the tale. You know, the value of America is not in Washington, D.C., and sadly, we've been tricked into believing that, A, all things that are important happen in D.C., and that's his whole point, that we need to stop that view. You know, Washington should be a very, very limited in scope necessity, uh, but it shouldn't be consequential in the way things happen in America. The, the genius, the prosperity, the hard work, the proper role of limited constitutional government, all that happens outside of Washington. This country is great not because of Washington, in spite of it. And it's outside of Washington where these critical things uh, happen making America great or keeping America great or keeping America moral. It happens in families and communities and states and sovereign um, states. And okay, these are his point really needs to be, in my opinion, vetted and focused on big time because he's spot on, Kurt. Couldn't agree more, Sam. Mm -hmm. Anyway, any other tidbits in that? I just thought the the rest of that headline was really the, in my mind, the story. Uh, In my mind. It's nice when the headline is basically the whole story. It's yeah. But more than it just being the whole story, though, I think it's the seed for the story. We are the ones that write the story, Kurt, in the fact that we acknowledge his point and that we run with his point. It happens in radio studios across the country, like Utah. It happens in news organizations who are writing articles. It happens in the the positive news we put forward, the honesty in news reporting, the morality in local municipalities, the integrity in, in elections, the okay, all these things are outside of Washington. And I think the real story, I'd love to get this congressman on. I don't know how to get a hold of him, but I'd love to get him on and vet this point he's made because it's boiled down to a headline and no doubt it tells the story. But I'd love to explore that more because I think in those dialogues, in those discussions, uh, not only do you see the genius in America, Kurt, but people start to take courage and then there starts to be solutions and then people are anxiously engaged in a good cause and then people are getting involved and then people are realizing they can make a difference. And then, and as we do all that, his first part of his headline becomes real. That, you know what? Washington is inconsequential. Um, that it does happen outside of Washington. And I think the more we gain that message, the more we can make a difference to keep America great again. Anyway, well, let's try to get that congressman on. I think the guy's right as rain. I think it's a brilliant headline, well-written, highlights the point, and I think we need to help explore that point more, and I think we need to help people catch the vision of his brilliance, of his point, and I think the more we do that, the more we can really not only make, but keep America great again, bring America back to its moral compass, bring America back to guys like Roy Moore and others who are truly willing to take the heat and to stand for what we hold dear. Man, you got to love it. All right, two hours in the can. LibertyRoundTable.com. It is Giving Tuesday, so donate liberally today. It's the only time we believe in liberalism is when it's your donations. I'm just kidding. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. For Simon Kurt, we declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic. Please get involved, make it a great day, and choose the right, will you? We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.